Welcome to Tiny Futures, a conversational, multi-hosted podcast about the aftertimes, precarious living, and the stories we tell ourselves amidst the dying throes of late capitalism. I'm Nancy. I'm Daniel. I'm Roger. Today, we're channeling into your head from three locations. Nancy's Los Angeles, Roger's New York City, and Daniel's Dallas, Texas. This week on the pod, we have a follow-up discussion on AI where we share our candid thoughts on what the fuck is going on. Are you in AI yet? What's going on? Let's get into it. <laughs> Are you guys you guys hanging in there? You guys still surviving after the David Herman episode in which he talked uh, about like manipulating like Oh yeah. Was it what was it like like mammals? Some kind of mammals with <laughs> It was so yeah, the mice. It was the electrodes to like. Shit's crazy. Oh, that yeah, guy was yeah. interesting. That was some Black Mirror shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, we were talking about this. How like uh, James and I are not watching Black Mirror anymore because we're living in Black Mirror and yeah. it's not as fun. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. This is like our everyday life. Yeah. Well, dude. I, have you, I mean, the new season. Have you seen it, Nancy? No, it's I haven't. So I so yesterday some some people were talking about it and they were like specifically episode two is good. They were giving the the episodes they liked. But yeah, I also feel this kind of like what what else is Black Mirror gonna offer me that I don't already see <laughs> um <laughs> unfolding <laughs> on Twitter and all these social media platforms where people are talking about like, you know, the the future of the human civilization. Yeah. Like the AI took your job. Oh wait, that already happened. Oh wait, the the AI is your spouse. Oh wait, that already happened. The AI jacks into your brain. Well, we're we're about to make that happen. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I follow um I follow him on LinkedIn. I follow this person. I'm gonna butcher his name. I think his name's Peter Huang, and he has this newsletter, AI newsletter, where he's just basically like, let me tell you all. Of, like it's a three minute newsletter. Everything that he is hearing and seeing across um and one of one of the moments where i was like i don't want to read this newsletter anymore is when he like posted um a company's like startup basically like a trailer for the company of like what they're going to do and it's literally exactly that episode in black mirror where you upload like um like like some AI machine scans like everything you've ever said on the internet and then you when like someone unexpectedly dies you can like order them right remember that episode Whoa. oh yeah yeah, yeah. But, but we were talking is, about this yeah but yeah, this company seen... what they're doing is like you can um basically like um upload memories and then like you you can see it's very it was very like um, oh that was the apple thing remember where he's like no, am I thinking of something different? No, no, no. What, what, what Apple thing? Well, dude, they put out the headset that's like the meta-like headset where it's like what what is presumably a dad going through a divorce hanging out with his kids again. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was like all his kids around him and just being like, that guy's obviously going through a divorce. Like five o'clock shadow, you know, just just not well, not getting the vitamins and putting the headset on and Apple's like, we can solve that. You lonely? We can solve that kid problem. Yeah, but that's what that looked like. Was like that guy killed his family, and now he's hanging out with him, or <laughs> no, something. You know, it was it was different, but it was like it was <laughs> this very grainy recreation of the person that you kind of want to hang out with. Um, and then it was, or like a cat, or like some something that you lost, right? Like some being that you lost, yeah, and that you could take like all these images and or like voices and data. 
and then like recreate that person and like just hang out with them and i was like that's that's one of those episodes from black mirror like literally <laughs> like they didn't change anything dude but the problem is that you know they can't execute it as well as Black Mirror, right? It's not going to be like <laughs> Donald Gleason just hanging out with you all day on the couch, right? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be some shadowy, grainy figure yeah. that's like, talks to you like, okay, what would you like to do today? Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be, or also too, like there's a, it, it's going to be a very specific version of you at a very specific time in your life that... You know, I, I can see like people. I can see that being a creepy thing, especially if the person's still alive, which they moved <laughs> on, they completely evolved. I'm thinking about like the right to being forgotten and things like that in the EU. I think about. I cringe at who I was like five years ago. I'm like, fuck, I, nobody should hang out with that. <laughs> I think they say that like a second option, but nobody should hang out with that person. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's, I I want I, I want to have forgotten about those things, and I sometimes cringe that Facebook even exists and that there are photos of me. It's so weird to think they're like. Someone could recreate that moment, right? Yeah, I guess it's true if it's just like a 20, 20 year old you. That just like it's a cliche of a twenty year old you that's all... like, let's play beer pong, yeah. party. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's, just... it's a little bit like verging on the deep fake, but it's like uh, think of who we were. We all knew each other when we were like what, like 23, 23. 24. Yeah, 24. Yeah, I said all kinds of crazy stuff back then. I was not a. I mean, I was. You guys were great to hang out with. You guys had like mac and cheese at the house and stuff, and like everybody was cooking things all the time. <laughs> I would actually go back to that moment. Now that I think about this, <laughs> I, I recant. <laughs> I recant. I would go back to that moment. Yeah. But, you, but like but what you remember. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I was just, I was going to say like what you remember are the good feelings, right? From back then. That's what yeah. your memories are. But if you actually took phrases that we were saying to each other back then and then replayed them through a chat bot, uh, that's not yeah, a good experience. Creepy. You're like, holy crap. I was crazy, and I thought I was fun and cool, and yeah. like we were just hanging out and eating mac and cheese, but we were saying just the dumbest shit to each other. The, with the, with our very pedestrian, basic like these Buffalo Wild Wings wing slaps. <laughs> <laughs> Watching when the Spurs were still good. Yeah, oh, so that's man. the other thing. Like, right? Like, even if even if you have these awesome memories of like. You know, like, oh, I was so great hanging out with 23-year-old Nancy. But, like, 10, 15 years from now, I, that, you know, AI version of me is still going to be 23-year-old me? And are you still going to be like, I want to hang out with 23-year-old Nancy? No. Like, there's no other there's no other data that's going to, like, upgrade me to, like, a, I don't know, well, you, a 30 You know what we haven't thought about? How many of us have had, like, like exes or somebody who we just don't want to fucking... It's weird to think they could, like creepily be i'm just thinking like worst weirdest case scenario just like weird ex who just hangs on to like you know like he wears the tuxedo every night and remember the night that you guys went to the prom or whatever <laughs> and he like puts on his headset you know what i mean and then, and then like you know the movie pans to him at the end and he takes it off and he's like dressed as the joker or some shit and you're like this is really you know this fucking creepy guy man well that was also a black mirror episode or like several black mirror episodes where you know, one of them is like, there's a version of you that lives in, everything is like, what if you lived in your phone or, or like, you know, whatever, Li like, what if your house was a phone or something like that. Yeah. And like, yeah. this would be like, what if there's different digital versions of you that are somewhat like sentient mm -hmm. in living in other people's phones that they were just like, you know, manipulating little versions of you to like live out a fantasy. Oh, man. But also, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's also like in Black Mirror, there's also like, for as creepy as everything is 
like uploading your memories, getting plugged into a video game. Um, like one of the things they like, they should have an episode where like all of the stuff is happening, and right at the climax, someone just turns off like the switch. <laughs> like, like it's like, oh, this person <laughs> like manifested as like um, I don't know. Um, what's the one with the video game where they like plug him in and he's going in the in the horror house and they're like digging through his like worst nightmares and then he's it's getting like worse and more existential the more like in the beginning it's like oh he's afraid of a spider and he sees a spider um but then it's like his mom at the end um but <laughs> at the end of the episode that's one where they're like oh this whole thing happened in like a tenth of a second because like the technology like killed him in a tenth of a second but it he went through that entire experience wow um so like i wish there was more more of that more of someone just turning off the tack and being like well oh, that's the end of this like experience you paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for <laughs> wow it really does get into the, that idea of like are we living in the matrix is all of it kind of <laughs> you know that, is it all of it a simulation it it does, but I, I do think that like we're mystifying it a little bit when we if we go uh-huh. too far down this black mirror path because at the end of the day, you know these are still kind of digital experiences and they're not like cognitively you know they're not sentient they're not alive right there's only there's the, like the way that at least we socially behave there's only one of you. And yeah. and the little you in your phone is not alive. And I feel like, which like isn't something that needs to be said. But I feel like the further we go down the path of this discussion, the more people do think the little versions of them in their phone are alive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there there was definitely. I have two thoughts of this. I mean, with writers, there's definitely like the persona, the public image, and then there is a sort of the private life. And I, 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 I think of them as two very distinct, different people. Um, I think more of like what we get on the podcast, like me talking to you guys, I feel more like I've known you guys forever. This is kind of like who I am. But I, I, I also think that like we've, we've seen, you know, sort of like the little images and we've, we've seen like the deep fakes and things like that, where you can recreate someone's voice or you can recreate someone's, you can make them do things that they don't want to do with AI. And I feel like this is something we haven't really talked about in which, mm-hmm for the voyeur for anybody and then all of us are potentially on the stage with all of the metadata we've put out in the last god you know since 2006 2007 right since we've been on facebook since we've been online or whatever it was there's so much metadata out there that any of us now you don't have to be a celebrity anymore it can be kind of deep faked and so there's this collapsing of like what the public and the private is to what what the desire of whoever the voyeur is needs from you if that makes any sense which is a kind of creepy thing that AI is, a portal that AI is open. And we think of this in, in terms of like, I think people have talked about this in terms of like deep fake with, with, with pornography and deep fake with sort of like, um, you know, some of, the, some of the really edgy kind of weird dark web shit. But I, I do think too that like they can create, and this is more maybe a darker thing than even that, they can create little, just enough disinformation just enough to to create like alternate realities you can get from the world what you want from it and what does that do to a human yeah yeah i think i have a i have a couple different thoughts on this so one part of this is is kind of how much of the economy is already if we think about it content creation and what content creation depends on is a certain kind of personal branding like what is your Mm -hmm. image is worth right and what your your branded voice is worth like so if you're an author like your particular kind of authorship 
Um, so the threat to that, that AI poses is like, I think it's pretty self-evident is that there is no such thing as like copyright and your labor and the brand that you built doesn't belong to you. It technically could belong to anyone with the technology, which with open AI, it is like pretty like reproducible and pretty scalable. Um, so there's like the labor side of that, but then I don't know about like, I don't know what to think about the larger narrative side. So I, I assume you're talking about like QAnon and stuff like this, where it's very yeah. easy to produce a kind of narrative like that goes viral. I'm thinking even more basic than that. Like people kind of like what we're talking about, like like the divorced dad who needs from his kids what he needs to get from them. But it's really not based in any kind of reality. Mm-hmm. It's based in maybe like a memory or even like a shadow of or the desire that is the center of the memory. And as we each, I mean, we saw during the pandemic, people getting more and more siloed into their silos, right? The overall sociological impact that's going to have on people who are kind of, I I think, veering into or curious or by circumstance of just life or their jobs are going to get sucked into the metaverse or get sucked into um, whatever that thing is, that, that sort of second life situation. And I think the end of it is 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 not good. I, I just I like I don't see that experience being very satisfying to most people. Sure. Yeah. Like I think what's I don't really know that much about Second Life. I know the metaverse right now, it doesn't have you know, it has like like less than a million active users, which is like kind of pitiful compared to what Facebook's audience should be. But I think, like, if you just have an experience where it's completely virtual and just you and you know that, I don't think that that can be sustaining or satisfying for anyone. And digitally, I think the what makes something like Second Life seductive is that you do you are interacting with other people on mm. some level. Right. You go into a a virtual space and there's other people in the same virtual space or you have Mm. to think that there are you have to assume that there are like a, a man reliving his memories in a virtual space by himself is is madness, right? This is not self-sustaining. That's what for, I'm like, saying. Yeah, for a, a, a real person. I wonder how how much of this kind of like you said it's sort of not satisfactory. Is that, no, you didn't use that word anyway? Um, I wonder how much of this is also generational. Like one of the things I've um, been noticing is that like these these younger people are a lot more sort of like willing to live on the internet in ways that like us like millennials aren't and and by live i mean like use the internet use social media um as a way to sort of to to do a lot of things like not just like create content but also just to um for example there's um some person created an app that they sold and the app was like, oh, send like good messages to people. Like we live in a world where like there's so much negativity. And it was a really popular app specifically amongst like 15 year olds um, who wanted validation um, through these anonymous messages. Like so it's like you don't know who's telling you you're, you're, you're a fun person to be around. Um, and like I would rather hear it. <laughs> like I don't think I'd get the same kind of satisfaction reading um, messages that are just coming in going like you're so cool. You're so awesome. Um, yeah. But that's something that, like, c- currently 15-year-olds are 
like it's it was a successful app. It had something like a million users um, for during wow. the beta testing phase. So like like I don't know how much of where we're headed with this kind of like digital life is is um, that people are going to embrace that aren't like us, right? Like we're like no, we don't want this. But I don't know if these fifteen year olds when they get to be like twenty five. 30 are going to be like this is awesome i guess we just don't have enough data about that because in my mind like compliments out of the either how could that be satisfying to anyone right yeah if you receive a compliment it at least has to be however tangentially about something you did or like at the very basic amount how you look or something that has come into contact yeah. with you as a person to some extent yeah. You also value compliments differently based on who they count, come from. Yeah. I think I think it's kind of though I think it's part of the same sort of navel gazy kind of um danger of of it's it's really that's the myopia of of AI and I would also maybe extend that to web3 which is sort of where I mean I'm working on this for for the book right now this this entire new iteration of the web which is um kind of overrun by by scam artists right now crypto scam artists and, and people who are sort of actively creating space in the metaverse and things like that. I mean, my, like my first instinct is like, they're similar because they're both, they're both forms of technology. If we're like using that term loosely that are at, at least in the early stages of their monetization capacity. Right. Yeah. So I think like the framework, I think for this, the only way I like, I can coherently approach it is still like Marxist. Right. Is this just uh -huh. kind of saying like, it's clear what the monetizing applications of something like Web3 are now. And it's all like a little bit scammy. I haven't seen a yeah. version of it that doesn't look scammy. Generative AI is a little bit, a little bit less clear because you can add it to this kind of like SaaS software as a service economy. And you can see the profit driven capacities there, but it's not clear to me that AI has this very clear scam forward application or a speculative mm. application just yet or but maybe there is and i'm like it's on twitter all over twitter and i like haven't seen it but <laughs> i um but yeah i think like you it, it's still about how do you make money how do you make money quickly what are its interruptions to labor and what does this mean for the rest of the like the more like lo-fi parts of the economy and like it, yeah. are we still approaching it with a kind of disruption model the way that like web 2.0 was yeah I, I do generally agree that like we we're not at the scammy point yet but i have a sneaking suspicion we're going to get there just like we saw with crypto it, you know there's that old i i hate this quote from warren buffett but it is so smart and astute i i heard this through warren buffett via mark cuban which i know are like the the two saintliest <laughs> fucking authorities on anything moral compassy not but they said you know first come the the innovators then come the imitators then come the scammers and I, I do feel like we're in this innovation imitation cycle right now where mm -hmm. you're seeing Google putting out an AI, Huawei's putting out a, a version of AI. Um, I do think there are people who are sort of going for the gold rush, but I can sense, I can sense it. I can almost smell it that the scammers are really coming right behind. And I don't even know how that's going to manifest yet, but I, I don't. I wouldn't put it past people to figure it out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I can see how it 
contributes to low level scams like very clearly because you could just use an AI like what you can do with a successful generative AI in terms of sending out spam right. to like old people being like well, your dude, Netflix account yeah. has been canceled please send me $500 to un like those like applications are endless well this is happening in Mexico where they're finding that they're doing like express this has always happened in Mexico they've done express robberies where, where um, or phone robberies where they'll call you and say I have your daughter pay us five thousand you know dollars or else you know we're going to take a finger off whatever um, and the, if they could actually mimic a voice yeah. but they have enough metadata to <laughs> to like make it a convincing fucking voice on the other end of the phone that's terrifying yeah I just think of the implications of all that stuff but, I mean that's a that's a very specific to that country that phenomenon in, in Mexico but yeah. I mean like like how in this particular conversation that we're having about scamming and AI it's it's the ways in which like this technology has facilitated being anonymous um and and the possibilities of being anonymous right that so that's the thing with crypto is that you don't need you don't need KYC you don't need your bank account you don't need a license to get a wallet a crypto wallet and start trading crypto tokens right um and that's both the the um kind of like what people love about crypto is like this feeling that you own your keys you own your money um but also what facilitates like being able to steal whatever you want from people and being able to scam them because there is no kind of like trace back to who you are um and i think it's in our yeah, yeah and it's anarcho-capitalism. Right. And I think that's sort of like some of the AI applications facilitate that too with like taking and imitating a voice or imitating someone and then, you know, being able to then say, give me money because your granddaughter is in trouble. So I kind of want to talk about, so this is something that you brought up. Because I think like you're, well, both of you are much more tapped into Twitter conversations than I am because I am not on Twitter. Uh, about like, there's a, a a larger narrative about the kind of humanity, like like um, the more altruistic possibilities of AI and how AI is actually what's going to save us. And you see this from like like Mark Andreessen and and Elon Musk, and the narrative is always there is an elite group of people who have the capital and the capacity to apply mm. AI for the benefit of humanity. Yeah. And what we should all do now is put our trust in them, yeah. get on the fucking AI train or be run over by the AI train, yeah. basically. And this comes back to your point, Daniel, about like, you know, why is there so much vitriolic reaction against any critique of AI? And it, it, it is this, it's like, get on the train or die, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, well, first, I, w- I wanted to hear, Nance, like, what are the things that you're kind of seeing in terms of debates on Twitter? And then, you know, what kind of are our thoughts around that? Yeah, um, so I'm going to trace, like, sort of, like, my rabbit hole, um, kind of, like, how I got to where I got with the conversation on AI. Um, and it just started because um, women and people of color who have worked for, like, Google or Meta were, like, no, we're not on the AI train. Like this isn't this isn't the thing that you think it is. Like this isn't the god saving, you know, f- like um, technology that people are are um, pushing in the mainstream media. Um, and also, they were very against sort of like the doomsday 
narrative that uh like the godfather of ai has and all of these other white men sort of push um and so when i was reading sort of what these women and people of color were saying um they were more sort of critiquing ai on this kind of through this labor lens where they were like okay like you, you're talking about this future but right now ai and what you're doing with um chat gpt4 is um disrupting a labor market and the people who are most affected are like you know working class people who are mm -hmm. you know being are the victims of this and that's what we need to be talking about also a great article i read by meredith uh Whittaker, i think is how you say her last name uh was on how charles babbage uh who is considered to be sort of like um someone who um was kind of like the first person to 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 give us the blueprint for like digital computation in the 19th century how um his um ideology um was about responding to abolition so the end of slavery and being like oh shit how do we keep workers from like rebelling in the future um and so he sort of designed like all of these um or, or rather that he was thinking of like labor through this like kind of plantation mindset where he was like how do we change the plantation um uh like labor structure and like use it in this post-abolition world so anyway i was reading all this stuff and i was like oh, this is this is really fascinating but then i got into this rabbit hole of like people sort of arguing um like the doomsdayers and the the people who are like no ai is the future um and i came across this term it's an acronym for um all of these philosophical ideologies that are interrelated and it's Tescreal, like that's how you pronounce it, but it's T-E-S-C-R-E-A-L. And it's basically like transhumanism, um, rationalist, effective altruism is in there, long-termism is in there. Mm. And it's all of these- All of our favorite things. Yeah. And it's all of how, all of these ideologies are about this idea that like progress for the human race essentially means getting out of this planet and sort of becoming one with- computers essentially like like digitizing our consciousness and then extending into the universe is what we should aim for and so you know th then like people start debating like what's our real existential risk like what will stop us from achieving that future and it's like oh some people are like it's not climate change like it's not climate change isn't going to kill all of humanity um it's going to kill a lot of people but not everyone so therefore it's not the giant existential risk we think it is because those people that survive are the ones that are going to like take us forward you know and it's like like these debates of like um what the future of humanity means um right now they're huge on twitter because it's uh, people are saying um, AI is the future, right? AI will take us to that potential, but maybe not right now. And so we need regulations and safety measures. That's one set of people sort of saying like, no, like we should be careful. Like we want AI to take us to that future, but it's like we're, we should be careful and not like let it destroy us now. <laughs> Whereas other people are like, no, 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 push it, push the boundaries, keep going forward because that's our future. Um, and like all of this is coming, like a lot of these conversations are coming from like conferences at the uh, Future of Life Institute in the UK. Um, and just to see the like the money that is going into this institute uh, from Musk, from, you know, other big tech people, like even uh, the OpenAI CEO who's like given money for like 
cryogenic centers so that you can freeze people and shit like that when they die. You know, like, just see, like... Whack job. Yeah, to see all of, like, these little, like, ways in which money is filtering in, into these um, institutions and, like, corporations is is insane. And so people are, like, on Twitter, like, we're going to... Um, like show you how horrible these um philosophies are and these tech you know elites are and then the tech elites are like you're just stopping progress <laughs> like you're just getting in the way um it's not it's not as bad as you think it is um so that's that's been like my my rabbit hole on twitter just just like people attacking each other and being like you're a naysayer or like you don't know any better um but the money the money's the real the real deal there like how the money's filtering through like for as much as they're arguing there's money there's a lot of money here yeah yeah that's i don't know but the whole thing is like the whole thing is 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 it's on the one hand it's so clear that this is such a like distraction from real problems and it's so a distraction from the concrete effects of what ai will be which is taking away more jobs, not just working class jobs, like, like, kind of provisionally middle class jobs, like such as copywriting, or like, we've seen with the writer's strike in Hollywood, there is a kind of a debate about how much AI will be implemented in lieu of writers. And, and like, I love the abolitionist angle, because this is 100% what this is. This is a fantasy of the capitalists. What if there were no Mm -hmm. workers? What if you could get the work without the workers, the labor without the laborers? And the sad thing about like the structure of what AI is that it's still contingent on human labor. It cannot improve without the contribution of human labor, but it gives you the illusion that the human can be erased and disappeared from the system when all it do is like repeatedly scrape itself, right? Every iteration is a process of learning that requires human input. But the the other side of this is like, this is what happens. I feel like when you just, it's like a philosophy of, of the elite in the dumbest possible way, which is that there has to be an elite group of people that will survive a catastrophe and everyone else has to die for them to survive, for this evolution to happen. It's the same fantasy that, like, many colonizers had in the New World. I mean, it was like, let's work this indigenous populations to death. And let's exploit from them what we can. I'm under no illusion that when Elon Musk goes to Mars, that like I'm going with him. Right? <laughs> I think like we're all like we're we're behind, man. We're on the and it. It's such a it's such a old sort yeah. of trope. Like like you're saying, yeah. and this is maybe why I also connect it with Web three. It's like this idea of like I want to get money for doing nothing, mm-hmm. and it's like I want I want to sort of mine, sort of as much resources from people who don't matter to me to sort of like like this massive wealth transfer i think of when i think yeah. of a lot of cryptocurrencies and, and web3 is a most cynical version because it's like what if people gave me their money like, yes what if i got money because people gave it to me <laughs> yeah. that's it. i mean and which is kind of what investment is like well, what if i got money because investors <laughs> gave me money because <laughs> i was smarter than everyone else yeah, right exactly i started a exactly. poo meme coin and i say and i arbitraged it or whatever and i was like look at what i got everyone should invest 300 percent to the moon fud but but yeah i i think i i I, with both of those with crypto not to link them i hadn't i hadn't had plans to bring crypto up today but i I can't help but think of them at, at once in my mind because i think they're they're the same kind of scam 
They're the same kind of like trust geniuses. Of course, the geniuses know what's best for humanity. We should. Um, and a lot of that, too, I think is, you know, there was a, the guy who, uh, man, I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden, but he worked at Terraform Labs. Someone asked him point blank, they said, which Terraform Labs was um, the creator of the, the failed stablecoin Luna. And he, he is a real, he's sort of like a whistleblower in, on crypto stuff in the community. And he, and he said something to the effect of, you know, I think people trust innovators and these crazies like I don't, I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but I'm thinking of like the Sam Bankman frees, right? The people who are, you know, who are, have convinced themselves of the lie of like effective altruism, or the people who are like um, the Elon Musk of the world, who are just actual open bigots. Because in a very complex and a nebulous landscape, they seem to have, they're so sure of their answers. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. is like literally the definition of con man is like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a confidence man. Like you are supposed to be so fucking confident in what you're, in what you have to sell, but the people who are really, I think, not, and I don't indict everyone in this because I do think there is probably some, use, just like I think there's useful applications to Web three, I do think there is useful stuff for 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 AI. I mean, who doesn't? I think about this with the recommendation letters specifically. Like, how many of those do we write? You and me, Nancy, a year, mm-hmm. and wouldn't it be so nice if you could just like be like, and they're all the fucking. It's a it's a formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, just yeah. wouldn't it be nice yeah. to write it. There are practical applications for it. Uh, not that I not that I do that with my own students, but if they, I think of the possibilities. Yeah, but you have maybe also a sign that those recommendation letters are dumb. Like, oh, they're totally dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's what what it is is like open face, like just blatant nepotism. Like, who wrote your letter, and do I know them? And I, I think they're unfair on on a multitude of levels. Yeah, we see, but we see all of this like this capitalist way of thinking across different industries. Obviously, like AI big right now, the tech industry, a lot of money. But like that was that was the narrative of of what everybody's been talking about this week about the submissible, um, the Titan was someone that was like, I'm an innovator. Fuck these regulations. And like, (laughs) fuck everything that you're doing to hold me back. Like this is engineer top engineering. Trust me, believe me. And so people are like, yeah, innovation. Sure. Here's a bunch of money. And then, you know, we, we see the disaster that happened, um, because this person was like selling the idea that he is doing something to better, um, our progress in in this particular case when it comes to like deep water exploration right but like that's that's the logic that all of these elites have which is trust me i'm doing something new and it's going to make something 10 times better and then venture capitalists and investors are like here's a bunch of money and then you know what um what crypto calls retail which is like us with like ten dollars we're like yeah i want a piece of the pie (laughs) you know and then like ultimately we're the ones that end up losing and the venture capitalists leave with all the money they gained from it investing early into these whatever they are whether it's the submersible whether it's a crypto company or an ai company the the parable of the submersible is interesting you bring that up because i feel like the the parable of that is that it's is possible it too for... early for this to have a parable. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Well, the guy believed in his own lie. Yeah, like he he was con- to the point where he was the step. I mean, you, you, like engineer. Everyone who deals with carbon fiber, I, 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 not that I'm a carbon fiber expert, but like they make bikes out of them and shit. You see them shred all the time, and I'm like, I understand there are different grades of carbon fiber, but I'm just like any kind of static expert would be like when you look at how many tons are crushing down at that depth, you're going to build something out of carbon fiber, this thing that shreds. Well, they also use it for space travel, right? Like yeah, carbon but fiber. 
Space is one thing because I imagine that there's not a lot of like, like pressure yeah. in outer space. I don't yeah. know. I'm not. A, I'm not an engineer, but I think at the bottom of the ocean, man. Yeah. How many was it? Something like 13 tons of fucking pressure per square yeah. inch onto the, onto a piece. Of, but the thing is, whether it was carbon fiber, whether it was steel, he believed it obviously wasn't. Um, effective right mm-hmm. and he believed in his own lie and that's the scary thing about the musks and the chat you can believe in your lie so much because you have to to sort of get investor money that you end up just you you pipe piper all these people down this other path and if that's something that has like a, a lot of sway like crypto like humanity i mean crypto i feel is like the preamble to ai in many ways i feel like because you can see how well that has gone and then you just think of AI and you're like, wow, you have that same energy, Pipe Piper and all these other people. It seems like a bad idea, man. Yeah, and the gall to call it humanity, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah. So be like, invest in humanity, which is me, which is like rich yes! people. Because realistically, we are the only ones who deserve to we're survive. We're the creators. Yeah. We're, it, we're, the, we're the artists. They want exactly. so bad to be artists, man. They want so badly to be. They want to be gods. Yeah, I guess that's the ultimate yeah. artist. Yeah, yeah. I was. Re- I guess. Yeah. I was reading like a like a someone was tweeting about the fact that like some some major newspaper um, called the CEO of OpenAI. I forget his name. Sam something. Um, they called him like an AI genius. And they're like, he's literally just a venture capitalist. Like, he does not design. He's not an engineer. He's not a software developer. He's literally the person that brought the money to make this possible. But we've blurred the lines of, like, here's this person that represents open AI. And therefore, we're going to think that he has all of the knowledge about AI. And it's like, no, he's just the guy with the money. Like, that's it. That's literally all he is. Is a guy that brought the money, yeah. and other people built it, yeah. and other people know how it works. He's he's just the face of it. Yeah, I mean, this is the terrifying thing. There's such, especially during the pandemic, such concentration. There was such a concentration of wealth that do you feel like even if you wanted to resist AI on a personal level, like you might, res- you could, you can in theory like not buy crypto, for instance, like Web three stuff. But the way AI is going, like if they build it, do we have to come? Can you yeah. avoid it? I mean, I think if it's going to be built into, because if you think about like Web2 infrastructure, there's no way that we can really avoid it, right? Because yeah. we, we all work in the cloud. But like if generative AI is kind of built and added to this kind of infrastructure, no, you can't really, you can't really avoid it. But I think like the problem is that these larger narratives to me almost have nothing to do with like, how AI is operating now and its more immediate applications and the the kind of the kinds of jobs that it threatens at this particular moment. This is like a shot to the moon that I, I like don't even I don't even understand. It's like people are saying now with now that we have this chat bot that can like write a great essay, you know, we can now cure cancer and we've solved space travel. So that's great. And we don't need doctors anymore. Like, I'm just like, yeah. like, it is so unhinged, like where we are right now and where our foregone conclusion about where we're going to get because this works right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do, I do love, sorry, you said we don't need doctors anymore. Did you guys hear about that lawyer that got in trouble for, like, citing cases that didn't exist because he was making ChatGPT yeah. do his work for him? Because <laughs> ChatGPT was so confident. They're like... <laughs> yeah, but this is like, a con man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. like, oh, yeah, these are real. These are real cases. Yeah. And he's oh like, oh, okay. Yeah. Shit. Could you imagine that client? That's got to suck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. To know that you're fucking, and you know that lawyer probably was he like fucking con man to the next level to just be like collecting money and then just being like just mailing it in with fucking ChatGPT. Yeah, I do think. Okay, so because it's a submersible, I want to bring this back to James Cameron, who is <laughs> our king and overlord. Yeah. Not to talk about his his strange video <laughs> about what happened. And, I, I haven't seen it. Oh, he he's. Any, it's a whole thing about how he had built a submersible himself yeah. that works way better. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> oh, nice! That's comforting. That's cool. And how he knew but, the moment the story broke that it had imploded. <laughs> Sorry, he also said that because, but it's he true. Felt it it's, in his bones, I read that quote. Where he's like, he's I felt a, it in my bones. He well, he's he's our overlord. I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm Team James, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that Avatar is a weird, like kind of like metaphor for everything that we're experiencing. Not just av- Avatar itself, but what you see when you watch Avatar, right? Because there's one version where Avatar is about transhumanism, yeah. where Avatar is about Jake Sully's consciousness being uploaded into a better world. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. this is the future of humanity. Mm-hmm. And there can only be a couple of Jake Sully's. Yeah. The rest of us have to die here yeah. on Earth. Mm-hmm. But for the b- greater good of Jake Sully's consciousness being uploaded. But the other avatar is one where Jake Sully goes native and he leans in with the indigenous cause uh-huh. and with the workers, with the laborers, with the revolution. Yeah. So it's about what is the future? What is the future of Jake Sully that you see? Is it the, the rabbit or the duck? Like when you look at that picture. Yeah. Anyway, that's, Did that's, he ride some dragonflies and that stuff? He was like a he, ride, ride He rides them. Um, what are they oh, called? What the, the future? The, I want that one. He he makes whale. They all have whale friends. Yeah, and the whales are rebelling. Yeah, yeah, we have orcas, dude. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I would be rebelling too, man. They imploded the sub. You know, yeah, the best part about the orcas (laughs) is some some guy in the Atlantic wrote a piece where he was basically like, like people are being so stupid about the orcas. Like orcas are sentient beings. Blah blah blah. They don't. They're not actually like starting a revolution like he was taking everything people were saying on twitter very seriously and then like twitter started like sharing the article and his name is um uh jason stern and they're like sounds like a boat wrote this <laughs> and then, like all the, all the reasons were like this is something a boat would say and then they're like him being like people are being stupid the orcas are not they're not rebelling they're, they're not organizing and people are like yes they are oh this is what i love about twitter is like sometimes like eight of the ten times it's just terrible and then those other two times they're just like fuck they're so funny yeah. credit where it's due are you team boat yeah. who wants to be team boat yeah, who wants to be yeah. Team boat? no one does. yeah <laughs> But dude, any last thoughts on the on our, on on AI before we're all before this podcast is replaced by artificial versions of us? 
Could you imagine like what artificial us would say? I like the idea of do- oh, I love the idea of doing like a deep fake of each other's voices. Where like I'm Nancy, Nancy's Rojay, Rojay's Nancy. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And then you, it would it would just be us, except it would sound like we're doing an imitation of each other. I I just think like any kind of AI version of us because we have so many mm. academic ticks. Yeah, it'll just be that. It'll it'll be like. Oh, that's interesting because, like, you know, those <laughs> things that we just keep saying. <laughs> yeah, I do want to. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the philosophy, like, debates and and um, fights on Twitter, and I just I want to go to a conference. Like, I just want to sit there. Uh, I did see a picture of the latest um, Future of Life Institute like gathering, and the entire life stage was like. 12 old white men <laughs> and i and i was like i want to i want to i want to be there i want to like, hear life. what people are saying <laughs> yeah future of life with old white men um uh so that, on mars we're like it's just like iron planet hazy sun that sounds like hell Maybe if more people listen, like if like fifty times more people listen to us, and you yeah. know, can give us money on a Patreon, we can go to the Let's Future of Life Institute conference. Yeah, we should do. Where, where is that at? It's in the UK. I think it's Oxford, Oxford University. Do we should make Ruth go, and then just you know, she's like people talk to Ruth. <laughs> oh, she could be our UK correspondent. Yeah, I'd be like. We can get her a hat, tiny futures. Yeah, I get a t-shirt. I'll invest in that, like a t-shirt and stuff. Like, send her. Ruth, let us know. Comment, like, and subscribe. And then put in the comments if you're down to be the UK correspondent. We'll put some, uh, we'll give you like a welcome basket, some fucking Weetabix. Or, I, don't, what, I don't know what you put in there. Some wine gummies. You know. I don't know. Some Manchester some, United Some swag. tiny future coin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we create, we create a crypto. Invest. Just give her an NFT. <laughs> yeah. Of us. Of us. <laughs> just an NFT of somebody spilling mac and cheese on the floor and then just looking crestfallen or something. I'm just thinking of things that have happened in that house that you guys used to live in. I feel like, do they have any webinars? Maybe we could watch one and then we could talk about it. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Also, this this like page of futureoflife.org is, is hilarious, and Morgan Freeman is. is an I wish like you could sorts. see it in the pod, but this is the picture of the three <laughs> old white men. I'll, I'll send it to you guys via text. Oh man, the the average cholesterol score is like one hundred and six. I don't want to go to Mars with you, man. You know, like if if it's like all nah. Yeah, those are all people who would not survive a trip to Mars. <laughs> no.